Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything, and today we're celebrating our one-year anniversary. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah, and with me, as always, is... Uh, I wanted to say like the person I'm celebrating a one-year anniversary with, but I kind of already gave it away because that's how I am when I get really excited about things. Ah! My other half in the therapy podcasting world, it's Therapy Jeff. Hello. Hello. I can't believe it's been one full year. That's crazy. Has it flown by or has it crawled? Like It's flown by. It's flown by. Mm-hmm. I was telling Jeff before we got in the air, now I'm going to tell you guys because I thought I was hilarious this morning. I woke up and I you know, knew it was our one-year anniversary and I looked over at Eli and I was like, Eli, it's me and Jeff's one-year anniversary today. What'd you get me? And he was like, what did I get you for your anniversary with Jeff? Nothing. It's, they should. I mean, he should get us something. That's what I sp- said. Yeah. I said you could make up for only getting me a deck of cards for our actual anniversary. <laughs> deck of cards i know i do i did love it it was a bob's burgers deck of cards but i was like okay. when i say i don't want a present i don't mean that <laughs> good but good it's okay you don't have to get me anything but we should we should like we do should. something maybe we should like make a sticker like a, this changes everything like merch mm, for our one yeah. year anniversary we should get people to make us merch yeah, yeah that would be cool yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was, do you remember, did you have like, I remember when I was a kid, adults, parents, friends of my parents would have anniversaries and you'd have to bring like a gift for these like anniversary parties that used to be a thing. Yeah. And then they would like have, I don't know if this was just between the couple, but there would be like a, a, a traditional gifts of that year. Well, yeah. Each year has a theme. And yeah. so the, the the first year I think is paper theme. Correct. That's yes. why I went with sticker maybe. Like, oh, sticker. Yeah, it, feels pain. I, it wasn't why, but I just like was like, ooh, that works. I'll make it fit. <laughs> it does work. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, besides our one-year anniversary that you've been looking forward to for the entire year, how has your week been? Oh, it's been great. I yeah. went on an awesome camping trip with mm-hmm. my brothers and Eli, and we had the best time. We played board games. We... Uh, we love Settlers of Catan. So we played that. We just Nerds. like hung out and like built fires and then it started raining. So, you know, it's always fun to do things like even just avoid the rain and the, the, I don't know, chaos of all that. It, it's, I don't know, it brings us together and it's fun and we had a great time. And there was a, a moment where my brother, who's, you know, he's a firefighter. He's like really serious and, you know, doesn't really express his emotions often just said, I really like everyone here. And to me, that was like his version of, oh my God, I love you guys so much. I'm having the best time ever. And so my heart was so full and it was great. And it's so fun to see my siblings really love the person that I'm with. It's so special. There is, yeah, the, there is a thing where some people just really enjoy watching your partner get along with your whole world, your friends, the people that are important to you. There's just something really special and cute about that. And so I get that. For me, it does nothing. It does absolutely nothing for me, (laughs) but I like that other people enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of those caveats is like you have to enjoy the your family and hanging out with them too and want to have like the same experience. It is more uh, a reflection reflection of how authentic I can be mm. with Eli mm-hmm. and, you know, America's boyfriend, as you guys <laughs> lovingly know him. And now all of his friends call him, man, <laughs> never going to live that one down. But, Good. uh, and, uh, yeah. So it just shows that like, I can really be myself and my brothers can then be themselves and everybody's just like, 
chilling, having a good mm-hmm. time together. So what a nice time! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, it sounds kind of miserable getting caught in the I rain know. while you're camping, but no. If anyone's going to have fun with it, right. it's you. Yeah. And then we saw oh, the rains came and we weren't the only ones seeking shelter. This huge salamander crawled through like right under our feet as we were playing the board game. That unlocked a new nightmare, yeah. you know, fuel uh-huh. nightmare theme for me. I was like, this, I I didn't need to know about this. And now I have to like uh, watch my feet while I camp. I shouldn't be sharing with you this with you because it's just like more reason for you to not join me out there. <laughs> In the woods, but yeah. you know those things are fun and adventures, and I uh-huh. loved it. So. Okay, good. I'm glad yeah. you liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? How's your week? How are things going in Jeff's world? Um. Yeah. Um. Not doing much. I I spent a lot of time playing video games downstairs oh, nice. in my den. I have like uh, a brand new PS5. You know, oh, which cool. is is it worth it? I mean, it's worth it if you're – the problem is is that, like, I have this amazing, incredibly powerful machine, but I play, like, the dinkiest little, yeah, like, pixelated – yeah, old school. The only, like, new game that I'm playing on PS5 is called Broforce, which – Broforce? They, it's called Broforce, and it, oh, it, it appeals to my inner bro, <laughs> uh, where it's just, like, a – it's, like, a pixelated sort of looking, like, 16-bit 2D side-scroller game where you're just, like, you're all these big, like – army dudes and you're shooting everybody up and there's blood okay. spout, splattering all over the screen. But it's like very, pixelated version, like old school. It's very like, cute. Yeah. I like, it, okay, I'm into that. Uh, that's, that's allowed. That's yeah. funny. Um, so that's what I did a lot of. Um, I also watched that movie with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, I, I'm not going to remember the name. It's called like, you don't like me or why aren't you talking to me or yeah, what's wrong yeah, with I you? Or... This. I and love the premise her so is a, much. Uh, she's just a perfect human being. Yes. But the premise is she's a writer. She's an author. And she overhears her husband she, who she's like deeply in love with. They have the cutest relationship. Mm-hmm. And she overhears her husband talking shit about her book being like, it's actually not very good at all. And she was like, oh, no. And she's crushed. And he was just like, no, I'm supporting you. I'm supporting you by, like, keeping that – by not telling you about, like, how I'm not really into your book at all. And I'm not spoiling anything here. This is, like, the premise of the whole movie. But it got me thinking, like, would you – is that – like, if if your partner Mm -hmm. is an author and they write a book and other people like it, but you're not into it, do you tell them that, like, and this isn't my taste (laughs) – like, okay, here's the thing. It, ooh, no, you don't. Mm. I wouldn't. You don't, it, it and then you make sure like, they don't ever find out that you think that. If it's not your taste, but other people oh. like it, and it's not just a shitty book, then that's just like you made a meal that, you know, had an ingredient that the other person didn't like. Mm. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's a bad meal. But- I think that you do have a responsibility. It's funny. Eli and I had this conversation just last night. Uh, if you see something that is a mistake or doesn't look good or, you know, Eli's an interior designer and he often will run his uh, uh, renderings and all that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. designs by me. And, you know, I like to think that I've got an eye and I can give him all the, you know, <laughs> sure. advice like that I'm totally not qualified to give. Okay. Uh, and... So, you know, he's asking me things and, and I was like, no, that looks great. That looks so good. And he's like, really? Are you sure? I'm like, no, I would tell you like, because there were other mm-hmm. elements that I did. Tell. I was like, nah, I don't like that. That was too busy. And I was like, remember when I told you about that? I'll tell you if it's not good. And I feel like 
Yeah, you're establishing trust. And yeah, and I want to have a kind of relationship. Calendar. And we even talked about that. Like, this is the kind of relationship where I want to be able to bounce off ideas off each other. And because we, it's rooted in trust and understanding and knowing that the other person is not trying to point out what you did bad, like your flaws. They're trying to, in like, help you, and they want the best for you and for you know whatever mm-hmm. the thing they're helping with. Mm-hmm. And and we you know we're both talking about how we agreed on that and how we can take the criticism. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as as. But what if? But what if Eli's just yeah. like you know? I can't stand the like banter that you have with Susie on your oh. other podcast, Brain Candy, and I don't listen to it. Like, would you want him to keep that to himself? And and what if you overheard him saying that? Wouldn't you be crushed? Like you and Susie are besties, and even doing that no, podcast. I'd be for like, some... don't listen to that. It's not for you. Okay. Because I hate his stupid fo- fantasy football podcast. Every <laughs> single time they're on, when we get in the car, I'm like. Ugh! Turn this off. This is garbage. So I hear other podcasts. I'm like, they're terrible. Is he do- he doesn't do a fantasy football oh, player? Does he? Yes. He's on the podcast? He's like a No, host? no, he's not on, on He listens po- well, to it. That's not true. He he has, his friends do have a podcast that like they I don't know. Wait, and I he's don't come know anything on as about a guest. This. Oh, what? Yeah. So yeah. he's like really into fantasy oh, football. Yeah. This is a big he, part of who uh, he is. Yes. Oh, I told him I'm getting a Sunday hobby. Yeah. I like to pretend that I'm not into it and be like, "Oh yay, it's the it's the uh, uh, you know kitty cats versus the ponies." <laughs> and he's like, "Sarah, you know damn well that it's the lions versus the broncos." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like to pretend to give him shit. Meanwhile, I freaking do love it all of everything. And he's allowed to play because he wins. So as long so as long as he's winning yeah i told him that i was like yeah you better win if you're gonna do this Mm -hmm. i want that 50 dollars a week because then we just end up going out to dinner with it it's great okay so it does work out for you i guess yeah 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 that is a very question was if he decided if he didn't like brain candy oh right yeah he can thank you for getting reeling us back i'm a therapist (laughs) i got you yeah (laughs) Yeah. no he he can he can listen to other podcasts i don't care i would i would no but wouldn't you be hurt if he was just like ugh, you and susie it's like a book is a a lot though a book is like something if he like if he said that about some artwork of mine Mm -hmm. then i think i would be really hurt by it because it's something that I, that, you know, it's, it's something I'm creating in a different way. Like, sure. Yeah. I, and I'm like that too, where I'm, well, I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but I think we agree that if you don't like something about me or if you, if there's something that's going on that if you told me it would bother me and you really don't have to tell me, then don't fucking tell me. Yeah. Like, let's just live in this nice little illusion yeah. <laughs> that you yeah. are supportive of all my stuff and that's just going to hurt my feelings. So think about the information that you're revealing to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always scared that like, I don't know, that there's some kind of like, yeah, that's my biggest fear. I think that even comes from being on reality television that that I'm a fo- that I'm the fool. Like that right. people are talking uh, differently to my face than they are behind right. my back and yeah. you know getting betrayed by people that I put my trust in. So that would feel like that if they didn't like it and I found out. Woo! But mm. also I don't want them to tell me something like <laughs> so my artwork it's, Keep admittedly, it yeah it's a very tricky position to put yes. eli in or any of your partners yes, yeah thank god to. you didn't ask this during our couple's questions i should have i wish i did yeah yeah 
Oh, that's funny. But good movie? Um, Really good movie, but it might only be, be-, be because I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus, so whatever she does is amazing. They also had, like, an interesting – they had, like – they have an only child. The only child was, like, 23 years old in the movie, and he was complaining about how he feels like the third wheel with his parents. Oh, like, triangulated oh, relationship. Yeah. Like, the parents are so cutesy together and eating off the same ice cream cone. He's just oh, like oh. – like that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he's just, like, feeling left out. Um, oh, so I thought that okay. was an interesting. Yeah, they weren't like parentifying okay, him put, or training him. I get it. Him in yeah, not like that. The, More he was just, just like third wheel on a date. Like yeah, they're third wheel on a date with his parents. Out. Like that is such a funny concept <laughs> and weird. And it was it was very sweet how they portrayed it. Um, like you're making a face. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if like do you think a real oh, that that's that's something that that kid that only child feel like only would children? feel like. I don't know. Only don't children know are so fucking weird that <laughs> they might be feeling this. Who knows? They're on a different planet to me. Ugh. Because I, any time there are children and the parents are like super in love, they love it. They're like, look at how cute they are. They're at least in my experience of seeing this. Like, I couldn't imagine feeling like. I don't know. Yeah. Only children. Write in. Let us know. Uh, Maybe 23. <laughs> that's like an age that. You know, like anything your parents are doing. Yeah, there's there, that might be playing a role yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a pretty chill week watching movies and playing video games and taking it real easy. It's raining in Portland as oh. we speak, and it's kind of like the first rain that we've had and like, the first real rain that we've had in a few months. So it feels very yeah. refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Back to yeah. port back to flannel and Portland yes. being Portland. Mm, so cozy. Yes. Okay, so we talk a lot about being mentally healthy, but how about keeping our skin healthy? I don't know about you, but I always thought like there would be a time in my life where I wouldn't have to struggle with breakouts. I thought that I wouldn't be simultaneously fighting wrinkles and acne. What the mm-hmm. heck is up with that? So I need something that's going to do the job, but I also have sensitive and gentle skin. Enter Proactive Clean. Yes, proactive. And I'd I'd like to say it reminds me of the 90s and I love anything that reminds me of the 90s. But proactive just feels to me like an incredibly trusted brand in skincare. They've helped over 20 million people on their clear skin journey. They have easy-to-use routines formulated for all skin types. It's dermatologist-developed and tested with clinically proven ingredients. It is America's number one clear skin routine, and I believe it because it has been in my life for like 27 years. It's ridiculous. And I am so glad that they are a sponsor of our podcast Mm, and mm -hmm. that now they're formulated with a like new clean and gentle ingredients for people who are like sensitive, you know, gals like me (laughs) and gentlemen and everybody. Yes, we're both sensitive babes. So yeah. We think that you should go to Proactive.com now and use the exclusive promo code TCE to get 20% off your first order. That's Proactive.com to get 20% off your first order. I'll spell it for you, even though this is burned into your brain. It's P-R-O-A-C-T-I-V. And you can use TCE for your promo code to get 20% off your first order. Well, uh, what are we, yeah, what are we talking about? Let's dive into our subject today. This is a fun one. We've been waiting to do this for a long time. We thought our year anniversary would be a perfect time 
to clear up some therapy misconceptions, some terms, some uh, therapy ideas or concepts that get thrown around and misused or generalized. I see this so often on TikTok, on certain words become, I don't know, like buzzwords. And Mm -hmm. then it almost becomes trendy to use them in a casual way that I don't know about you, Jeff, but as a therapist, sounds like nails on the chalkboard to me sometimes. I'm like, "Ah, that's not right. Like, don't do that. And yeah, it's it's also like it's a thing now. And there's been a number of journalists who have been interviewing me lately about quote unquote therapy speak. Yes. uh, Where we're using therapeutic words and terms in sort of everyday conversations or vernacular. And a lot of times people are misusing them or sometimes people use a therapy word like uh, boundaries Mm -hmm. and they use it as a way to sort of weaponize Uh, They weaponized it a bit. So this happened recently, and I kind of got caught up in the middle of it deliberately. I placed myself in the middle of it. Uh, Do you remember when the Jonah Hill thing happened? Oh, yes. Sarah, his ex-girlfriend, posted these screenshots of him, and Jonah Hill was saying, it is my boundary that you don't post pictures online wearing a bathing suit or that you don't hang out with these women who are single or playful or whatever. Like he was like, and these are not, those weren't his boundaries. He was using the word boundaries incorrectly. A boundary is, is you're talking about yourself. If, uh, if you yell at me, I'm going to walk away. Right. right. He was kind of talking about like, I'm going to make rules (laughs) for you. He could say my boundaries. If I will not date somebody who chooses to do those things. If they choose to do those things, then I will walk away. But you can't say you're not allowed to do those things. That's right. not how that works. He can leave the relationship if he yeah. wants, if that's his boundary. That he, and he doesn't want to date a surfer, a professional surfer that nice. posts pictures of surfing. I um, so I made a video about how Jonah Hill was using the word boundaries incorrectly. And it's kind of, uh, it's like this therapy speak. And, and when you tell somebody you're violating my boundaries, it shuts down the conversation totally. because it's like, it sounds like a healthy thing. We all should need have boundaries, you know, but if you're using it incorrectly, then it gets all fucked up. Um, and then Sarah, his ex like reposted my, video and and, yeah and i had a little back and forth with sarah who's a a fan of therapy jeff it was very exciting but oh my god maybe she's listening from one sarah to another (laughs) i'm always team sarah yes oh my god always i mean Mm -hmm. i would have posted those so fast especially after he's got the whole therapy like docu that is what sorry i don't care i'm gonna take sides say how I feel. Mm-hmm. You're like a poster boy trying to be a poster boy for therapy. And then I'm like, no, that's not, no, you can't do that. Weaponize mm-hmm. it. It'd be like, uh-uh, no, mm-hmm. no, not cool. No. And so. it yeah, so exactly. That was what was very disappointing is that he's made that documentary that was touching and then he's- I not, haven't even watched you know, it because now I refuse. Don't watch it. Um the this was only so I've been doing this for you know posting as therapy Jeff for a couple of years now. This was only the second time after posting something that I got um, many death threats. Oh, <gasps> which oh, was I'm really get some too. You know what? Fine. Okay. 
<laughs> so yeah, Bring grace on. for that, Sarah. Yeah. Although it's old news now. So yeah, and I, really the, I bet anymore. those same people are not listening to our podcast yeah, right they're now. Not super trying fans, to better yeah. themselves. The problem was that when I make a video and it sort of goes viral, then it falls onto the wrong side of the internet, right. and that's why. You know, and, and it's not the death threats are like, are disturbing, but I'm not scared. I don't think that anyone's going to actually come. And could you imagine, but, yeah, being that defensive <clears throat> of Jonah Hill? <laughs> the they're the <laughs> what? Who are you that you're that defensive? Right. The, it, it's what triggering. has he done in your life that has made you want to? I know. Uh, commit a crime sir because i guarantee they're not women doing this oh god no they're all boys and 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 i think it's not even so much jonah hill it's just it's they're kind of they're incels right and they feel like they want to control women and that uh, sarah shouldn't be posting pictures of herself in a bikini if if jonah doesn't want her to and she should listen to him and women are really out of control these days and i made a video supporting women whatever and so there's like barf yeah, it was stupid uh, and gross. But uh, we're here to talk yeah. about therapy terms and how they can be misused. And one of the most misused ones is one is the, is the most fun one to say, which is gaslighting. Right? Yes. So how this do you how is it misused? Gets misused a whole bunch. I feel like uh, it's important to know the origin story of this. So this term came from a 1944 film that was called Gaslight that was about a man who was psychologically manipulating his wife into believing that he would turn down, like this was like when they actually had gas lights, like lamps that used gas. And so he would like mess with the lights and then she would tell him like, I think the lights are, are dim, like something's going on. He'd be like, no, nothing's going on. There's nothing wrong. And making her question herself, doubt her own sanity, like it's something where there's a a power dynamic at play, there's control and manipulation, and you're trying to uh, make the person doubt themselves, which then makes them in a way more dependable on the person who's making or more dependent dependent, on the person. I don't yes. understand my reality, but you yes. do understand reality. Then I'm going to have to count on you to tell me what's right and wrong. And yes. you're, you sort of start driving yourself a little crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how do people typically misuse this term? Let's go over some of those ways. Uh, a lot of times if they're in a disagreement or if you're in an argument, um, you might say that you're gaslighting me, but you're really <laughs> – you're really just like not agreeing with somebody, yeah. right? You're just in a heated argument. Or and even it, it, when you're trying to convince somebody of your point, you're like, yes. oh, here is why mm-hmm. Le- LeBron is way better than Kobe or whatever your argument like, Whoa, is. Whoa, you're gaslighting me. Yeah. No. Like, no, <laughs> that is not what that is. No, you're just having a different opinion. Remember what Sarah said. Gaslighting is about manipulation. It's about power. It's about trying to like convince you that you're not living in the same reality. Uh, I think it's a very fine debate to be, is it LeBron or is it Kobe Bryant? When we all know the answer is clearly Michael Jordan is the best, <laughs> is the greatest of all time, right? I would uh, agree with that. I would yeah. totally agree with that. As yeah. a big fan of the Bulls, that oh, 1990, oh, I was like four ninety five Bulls. So good. Yeah, 92 to 98. They were just oh, God, it was so, so good. good. That was like the dream yeah. team right there. Yes. Uh. Um, okay, see, so now I'm getting distracted with basketball. What else is <laughs> gaslighting not? Like, uh, 
a lot of people use it, use that term or think somebody's gaslighting them if they're just being forgetful or it's just an honest mistake. You know, gaslighting is not just, I don't know, maybe like saying the incorrect term and, right. and being like, no, I swear it was like this. I joke with Eli that even soft gaslighting is gaslighting because he'll like to joke with me if, if, if he gets something wrong mm. and I call him out on it, like say, I'll be like, uh, uh, this often happens when we're looking for items when we're camping. I'll be like, the salt is in the b- box with the blue top. He'll be like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Then he'll go inside and he'll find the salt with the blue mm-hmm. top. And I'll be like, was it in there? He goes, nope, wasn't in there. And I was like, <laughs> Eli, even soft gas, minor gaslighting is still gaslighting. That's true. Like, you know, there's a difference between like forgetting where it was and being like, oh yeah, it's, it's not in there versus like trying to convince somebody that something didn't happen in a manipulative way. Yes, exactly. That's true. Um, also, uh, if somebody is not validating your feelings, that sucks. I hate that for you. <laughs> but they're just not validating your feelings. They're just not validating your perspective. It doesn't mean that they're gaslighting you. That might be the start of a gaslight a little bit of like, you're. Uh, I'm not validating your feelings and now your feelings are wrong. Your feelings are right. crazy. Where are you even coming from? Are you on this planet? Then it's going into gaslighting and manipulation. But if they're just Good like distinction, or, yeah. yeah, if they're just like, no, I don't think that you should feel that way, or I don't agree with your feelings, or oh, you say you're depressed, you don't seem very depressed. I, I mean, I can understand that it feels like it might be gaslighting. They're just not seeing what your emotional experience is and validating yeah. you about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, a hard one to to. It is understand tricky if you are feeling depressed or anxious or I think that's an important one to if you're having those kind of feelings to talk to a therapist about to because sometimes in that brain that tells you other people are out to get you or you can't trust other people or you become like put walls up it can start to look like people are doing things that are manipulative or or Mm -hmm. harmful to you Mm-hmm. When they're just not understanding your experience or maybe not, uh, it's just, they're invalidating. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It gets tricky though, too. It it starts. So if somebody is misunderstanding you or arguing with you, but, and there's a power differential, like if mm. your professor who controls your grades is arguing with you and you're a student, then you might be like, they're gaslighting me just because the power differential is yeah. is, is big, but not necessarily. Well, let's take a time out and talk about one of my favorite sponsors, and that is First Leaf. You know, summer is coming to an end, but I'm still sneaking in all of the barbecues and pool parties and camping trips that I can get. And I like to roll up you know, not empty handed. So what Mm -hmm. do I do? I bring my bottle of wine and First Leaf has made it so easy. I feel like I'm adulting on another level now that I'm a member of a wine club. Yes. Oh my God. Your friends will be so impressed with you and your wine choices, but you get to take a fun little quiz and they customize 
your the wine that they're going to send to you based on what you want and meeting your personal needs. So it's kind of it's a nice little like magic trick. And I get so overwhelmed whenever I go to the store and I'm looking at right? all those bottles of wine. I have no idea. I ask somebody, but like, do they even know what the hell they're talking about? Yeah. They're just trying to get me to buy exactly. Some wine. Yeah, and I love this because they're unique wines that you're not going to find at a grocery store, and they're like small quantities from really cool places. I brought a bottle to dinner with a friend who's having a birthday and she is like uh, her parents live in napa she knows about wine and i'm like oh have you heard of this she's like no and we tried it so good multiple gold medal ratings and all for so little a bottle and delivered right to my door i love it yeah that's the thing it's all priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store so this is really a win-win for everybody to make sure you've got great wine when you want it this summer, you've got to try First Leaf. Just head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash TCE to sign up, and you'll get your first six hand-curated bottles for just $44.95. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash TCE. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash TCE to get your first six bottles for under $8 a bottle. Tryfirstleaf.com slash TCE. Would you say now that you made, you made me think of this? Would financial control like there's a power dynamic in maybe who is the breadwinner, the earner in the family or in the couple, mm-hmm. and one is uh, uh, dishonest or not mm. transparent about finances? I just. Uh, heard on NPR the story of a guy who had a trust fund and with millions of dollars in it where he was getting like 25000 a month and he his wife didn't find out for 15 years. Somebody told me about that. They, yeah. they told me that I should go check out that story, but I never did. Yeah. Was he trying to – what was the point? Why was he – I don't know. I just heard it on an episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So they're okay. using it for like comedic purposes <laughs> right. with no backstory. But I was like, damn, <laughs> that's a good story. I need to look into that too. So And now our listeners are hearing an even more like convoluted – Right. This is where we're like playing telephone hearsay. from like yeah. podcast to podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I can't say whether or not it was. But there's a difference though between secrecy – And keeping like not telling your partner that you have millions of dollars in the bank that they don't know about. Are you using it to manipulate them? Are you using it to distort their reality? Are you using it to, or are you just, if he then what? If he then said like, oh, you, here's, here's your $500 a month. Here's your, you know, thousand dollars a month. That's your, like, we don't have any more than this or whatever. Like. It's borderline. It is borderline, right? You'd have to, and I think. This brings up a really important point that is uh, uh, that applies to a lot of the terms we're going to talk about. A lot of these things are actual DSM diagnoses, diagnose, yes. a, a diagnoses. DSM diagnosis, uh-huh. uh, and require multiple things to be true. Mo- yeah. Like there are are multiple qualifications and multiple bullet points you have to hit. It's not just one attribute, you know, especially when I think uh, another term on here we have is narcissist. And that is uh, one where, you know, in order to have a narcissistic personality disorder to get like 
for these things to qualify as actual disorders, it's more than just one behavior or one trait that we see. Yeah, that's the important thing to remember. It is incredibly difficult to be diagnosed officially as a narcissist with a narcissistic personality disorder. Those people don't go to therapy anyway. Yeah, that's the thing too. They don't go to therapy (laughs) unless maybe somehow they're dragged into therapy, but they're probably not even getting dragged into it. And they're lying. And they're lying and you can't try. Yeah, they're – so – yeah, the the narcissist boyfriend that you have is probably just a piece of shit asshole yeah. that has like a really big ego and thinks that they're amazing and whatever. But to qualify as a narcissist, that's that's a lot. Uh, and also a personality disorder. Yeah, uh, if you're if you qualify for a personality disorder, so there's like a narcissistic personality disorder, there's borderline personality disorder, there's histrionic, there's a new one just dropped in the DSM five, the dependent personality disorder, which is kind of like codependency, but like really, really codependently attached to somebody. Uh, antisocial personality, antisocial, yeah. All of the, there's like twelve or thirteen different ones. If you qualify for one, it is a uh, pervasive. Uh, disorder, which means that it never ever goes away, is what is how we look at there it. There is so no you, medication you can take. Mm-hmm. There is no right. Yeah. So you can maybe figure out how to cope with it and live with it and understand how it's affecting your thoughts and your patterns and your relationships. But uh, this is just something that you're going to have to kind of integrate and understand how you're affecting people. It's it's a big deal. Uh, so. Calling somebody a narcissist, we're misusing it all the time because, like we're saying, you got to be pretty severe if you're going to qualify for it. Um, And if you're selfish or if you're self-centered, that's all you are. (laughs) Maybe you're a dick and you're selfish and self-centered. And maybe you're going to just – you're being that for the moment or you're like being that while you're a teenager or you're in your early 20s and it's developmentally appropriate. Totally. That's a big part of it is that a lot of it is – developmentally appropriate and rewarded in the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's reinforced and that's yes. how you survive in capitalism or that's what people think is attractive. Maybe you have like lots of confidence and high self-esteem or you have some like vanity or you really care about what you think, uh, like your appearance and what you look like or you're assertive or like all of these things can be good qualities. Mm-hmm. They can also be really unattractive and too much and gross, but it doesn't actually mean you're a narcissist. It feels good to call someone a narcissist sometimes, <laughs> right? Because you're just fucking narcissist. Uh, I love saying that, but you're not, you're not using it correctly. And I, there's also a lot of, there's a great book called the psychopath test. I believe I think it's John Ronson. I think that's who wrote it. If I got that right, that's a fucking miracle because that shit never (laughs) happens. But if I did, kudos to me, I should as a book club host, know who right. writes these books yeah. that I read. But it he talks a lot about how uh so so he wrote the book after he was working on on brain scans and like seeing if they could classify people as sociopaths from brain scans, which again, not a DSM term, just like a right. label that we mm-hmm. put out there. Um sociopath it is. And uh, he scanned his own brain and saw that his own brain had similar areas that lit up to these people. And he was asking like, just because you 
have these traits, does that make you a so a, mm-hmm. a psychopath, a sociopath? Does that mm-hmm. it is that enough? And the answer is no. Like he was talking about narcissists a lot in the book. He talks about the, most of our presidents would hit many of the mm-hmm. traits. Most mm-hmm. of your CEOs, like you think Elon Musk and all those mm-hmm. guys don't have narcissistic traits or tendencies, but maybe things that do not label them a with a narcissistic personality disorder. There are behaviors and traits that can make you very successful. It's not necessarily a negative thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There is kind of like a, a healthy amount of yeah. narcissism. <laughs> I don't know. There's we all We all have it a little bit and we use it in order to move forward yeah. and get what we want. And, uh, you know, as long as you're not trying to, as long you know, oftentimes a narcissist is going to not even look at people as people. Like mm-hmm. they're going to look at people as obstacles. They're going to look at people as like, I will step on you in order to get what I need or want. They look at people as like, how can I control you and manipulate you? It's very difficult, if not impossible, for an actual mm-hmm. narcissist to have a really close, connected, vulnerable, honest mm-hmm. relationship. That's just not – and also something to keep in mind about narcissistic people or <clears throat> people with a personality disorder. Oftentimes, they have mm-hmm. it because of some deep yes. trauma oh, that yes. they've experienced. And it's kind of sad. <laughs> they had it's to develop sad. this – yeah, this this personality disorder to get through their childhood, right? So yes. we – can try to have compassion for them because they are actually really struggling. If personality disorders are something that you are interested in, there is a great book that I read in grad school called Get Me Out of Here, My Recovery from Borderline Personality Disorder. It's written by a woman named Rachel Ryland who has borderline personality disorder. And Mm -hmm. it's somebody who's very committed to wanting to make changes, but also understands the severity of her mm. pervasive disorder. And it is so good. It's heavy, but it is really insightful. And I think a very accurate portrayal of a personality disorder in mm. everyday life. She's a mother, she's a wife. You see how it affects the family and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And this yeah, it's great. And most, and you know, usually narcissism is more diagnosed in men, while borderline personality is more diagnosed in women. There's like this cultural Interesting. You know, gender lines that, and a, a borderline personality, their sort of tagline is "I hate you, please don't leave me," mm-hmm. sort of thing, uh, where they can kind of, you know, they put you up on a pedestal and you think you're the most amazing thing to them, and then you disappoint them, and, you're, and they're just like, "How could you?" And then they like reel you back in and push you away and really, and it feels very. If you're with somebody who has a border or has a mother who has or a parent that has borderline person, it's very roller coastery and you don't know what's going on and it's very upsetting for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the personality disorders usually there's also histrionic personality disorder, which is almost always diagnosed for in women. Yeah. Because, you know, that was, you know, back in the day they're like even the hysterical. name. Like I know. History, that's yeah. so gendered. Very. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. That whole I I'm just like recommending books over here. Uh that psychopath test book is great because they talk about how the DSM was created. Mm, mm-hmm. Fuck that. 
Yeah, fuck that, right? There used to be homosexuality used to be a disorder. It also, I think it was the first one maybe where uh, if you were black, if you're a black slave and you tried to free yourself, then you were disordered. uh, I mean, that's like, it's the worst. Yeah, it's got, it's got a, not a great history. (laughs) Pretty shitty. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick time out and talk about one of my favorite sponsors. It's Liquid IV. I had a a nice little Liquid IV came to the rescue moment the other weekend. I went camping with my brothers and Eli, and my brother has like told me he's like, "Hey, do you by any chance have any like electrolytes or anything like that? I get really bad muscle spasms at night." Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Yes, I do. Older sister to the rescue, which is like my favorite role to play in my family. So, of course, I come out with my little liquid IV and I'm like, oh, it's the new sugar-free one. And, you know, put it in the water bottle, shake it up and he drinks it. And the next morning he says, hey, that stuff really works because usually I get muscle spasms and twitches in the night and I need like electrolytes before I go to bed. And that totally did the job. And he slept through the night and he was really grateful. So hydration at high elevation, you know personal story right there and i felt like sister of the year because he was like thanks so much i'm like here's a whole bag (laughs) (laughs) i love liquid iv because i'm still going to orange theory how long that will last i have no idea but but good job i know i'm going like almost every day it's ridiculous and when i go i make sure that i am like all hydrated and i love personally the strawberry lemonade anything lemonade it is my favorite yeah it's i like the trop i'm like a tropical punch fan and also watermelon this time of year watermelon Mm -hmm. pina colada can't go wrong with that yes so real people Real flavor, real hydrating. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use TCE at checkout. That's 20% off anything when you shop better hydration today using promo code TCE at liquidiv.com. Yeah, go there because they have the multi-packs. Get that one. Mm, that one yeah, you can you try everything and it's great. There you go. Let's go to the next term. Yeah. Which one is the next term? Antisocial. Uh, let's see. Or no, toxic, right? Yeah, let's talk about the word toxic. This is who we're going to blame? Britney Spears? Just kidding. She's an <laughs> angel. Don't blame her for anything. She can do no wrong. Team Britney. Save no. Britney. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I feel like this is one that I is very popular with like Gen mm-hmm. Z. And yeah. you hear this a lot? Oh, oh my God, God. I hear it all so the time. Toxic. It's, it's also so a really fun... The problem with all these words is that they're really fun to say. I know! Yeah, I So know. fun to say. That's like half the reason I became a therapist. <laughs> so that you could legally, professionally use these words yes! the, the correct way. And when you totally. use them, they, it carries weight because you mm-hmm. know what you're fucking talking about. Yeah, I get it. Uh, toxic is a fun one, but it is also kind of like this catch-all term to describe any negative or unpleasant behavior or relationship or situation. Um, when toxic is probably should be used as something that like you, there's a, a specific pattern of behavior or dynamic yes. that is consistently harmful, manipulative, or abusive. We should probably save toxic for something kind of extreme instead of these one-off little behaviors where you disagree with somebody or someone's having a bad day and they're being a turd about it or something, or they're mm-hmm. not uh, 100% supportive of your relationship, so they're being so toxic. Um, there's a real overuse and exaggeration. Yeah, just because something is negative or it feels uncomfortable or you do not like it, 
does not make it toxic. It really is that pattern and consistency that's connected to abuse and yeah, Mm -hmm. manipulative, Mm -hmm. not just, uh, you know, okay. What about like, uh, uh, misogyny within a relationship? Like, would that count as toxic? Yeah. Yes. Like a to- yes, I think, right? Yes. That counts. I mean, the thing like is, if so- you're, if there's like, I should, I should, I should, I should maybe say like, where's the line? If there's, ooh, <laughs> it has to be a great, I'm like, I'm like questioning myself as soon as I say like, I, I'm thinking if there are gender expectations mm. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's it, tricky. Yeah. Because it I mean, is there's, tricky, right? There's always it, going to be agreed upon and like, sure. It, it, it can be used in a manipulative, powerful gaslighty sort of yeah. way. Right. And then it becomes more toxic if it's a continued pattern for at like used to abuse someone, not even like physically. But emotionally, yeah. verbally, yeah. mentally, spiritually. Yeah. Um, I'm just yeah. thinking of like the the shiny happy people, like the Duggar doc, like the messages that women get in there that mm. to the me I would messages. label as toxic because mm-hmm. it also depends, I guess, who you're talking to. We right. you and I who are more progressive right. and liberal are gonna call something toxic before and then on the other side, you know, they're gonna call wokeism toxic or something. Right. So That's a very I guess good point. yeah. So maybe this one is a real uh ink blot kinda <laughs> whatever yeah. you see. Uh but it would be nice if we used it a little less is kind of yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. And I I would say that that's even I'm, – I'm trying to think like if I were in grad school right now writing papers, if that's even a word I would include or I don't think I would because I would probably find another definition for it that was more sp- specific to the behavior because it's become such a, a part of like the common vernacular. Yeah, it's too it's too pop culture. Yeah, it's pop culture. So, as a therapist, it's unlikely that I'm going to use it, but my clients are going to use it all the time. Yes. And hopefully they're using it to talk about a prolonged display of abusive or manipulative or fucked up behavior, not just one thing that somebody does. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I look at it. But it, toxic is so I don't know, it's such a pop term that's i guess we can kind of come up with our own definitions if that's what you really want to do Mm -hmm. well similar to toxic is also the word triggered oh yeah (laughs) yeah this one as somebody who uh gives uh presentations and lectures on uh, uh sexual assault response and trauma response it drives me crazy when I hear people say triggered, because that is something that we could actually hook a brain up to mm-hmm. a, a, what the hell do they call them? EEG. Like mm-hmm. we can look at the areas of the brain that light up, that shut down, that have areas of inactivity and, uh, you know, ones that come online when somebody does experience what is a real trigger, which is a, 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 physiological response and psychological response to an outside stimulus, 
maybe you were in the case of you know sexual assault, maybe you were sexually assaulted by somebody who was wearing Old Spice cologne. And it is one of those peripheral details that your brain, uh, you know, it'll, often your brain will block out the details of the actual event, but things like smells or sounds or certain visuals do stay in there. And it's those things in the brain survival response to a stored memory that is what a trigger actually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good definition. So it's not so much. I get so, much, so defensive of this one. Yeah. So I'm like, you're it. making it really hard for survivors to have experiences and them feel justified and like validated in what's happening in their brain. Yeah. Okay. Calm down, Sarah. You're triggering me. God. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how, like, I feel like that's how people use it yes! just to kind of like shut down the conversation. And totally. Cause then it says, I'm basically over, I'm overwhelmed by what you're saying. You shouldn't right. say it anymore. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it's just like, are. yeah, it's in it. It also kind of can be a fun one to use because it feels like very exaggerated and, oh my God, I'm having such a reaction. But if just because somebody wants me to try their whatever eggplant fries, I don't know why <laughs> anyone would want to eat those fucking things when there's real fries, <laughs> right? Um, but I, I'm like, oh, this eggplant is triggering me, you know, because yes. it's just, it's so upsetting and gross. And yeah. it is the really gross. The only thing that could be triggering is nausea and like, you know, right. just like... <laughs> Use our terms correctly. Yes, exactly. Um, but that one is really fun to say, especially with a dramatic hand gesture accompanied. I mean, if you can, if you can have, if you can obviously make it a joke, yes. then go for it. Okay. Well, we talked a lot about therapy misconceptions today, but here's something that there are no misconceptions about, and that's saving money with Rocket Money. I know this because I personally, I was just telling Jeff this off the air, I personally have saved no joke, hundreds of dollars with Rocket Money. Just, uh, it was like a few weeks ago, I got a notification, like, you know, they mo monitor your spending and they monitor like your subscriptions and things like that and your bills too. You can sort everything. And so I got a little notification that says, hey, we can negotiate your Verizon bill down a little bit. It's like, I love saving money. There you go. And all I had to do is say, yeah, do it. Like click a button. That was it. And I don't know who, but somebody working on my behalf went to town and called the right people. And then it took a little while, like maybe like a two weeks later, I get an email that's like, we're still working on it. Don't worry. And I was like, oh, maybe this like isn't really a thing. Maybe they can't. Then a week later, I get a message that says, congratulations, we've saved you $120 a year, $10 off a month, which is like 15 plus percent of my phone bill. Like that's a yeah. significant discount. Like if you're going to save me 15 to 20% on my bills and I had to do nothing, you are my favorite. So thank you, Rocket Money. That is my own personal story. I freaking love this and I want you guys to all try it. <laughs> Sarah does always weirdly, maybe not so weirdly, gets very excited for the Rocket Money. Because I love saving money. I, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right? What are you yeah. going to like... I had $120 less. Yeah. I hope that this. you spend that $120. I know. I'm doing girl than... math on that. Don't, like, you know it. I've already <laughs> spent I've already spent that on a pair of new Birkenstocks I want. Nice. I'm like, yep, yep. They're it. out of stock of my size. But as soon as they come back in, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Rocket Money, for giving me a pair of shoes. 
So if you want to be like Sarah and stop wasting that money on things that you don't use or that you can lower a bill on, cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way, go to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That's rocketmoney.com slash TCE, rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Do you, as a therapist, feel like you have free reign to use a little of these, use these in a jokey way? Like, same. We've I'm like, it. you can't say that, but I can't. Yes. <laughs> and then when somebody says it wrong, I'm like, that's not the right, that's not how you use that word. Oh, yep. I love yeah. it when I see reality stars, especially ones that, you know, maybe weren't Team Sarah in the past, mm, use mm-hmm. therapy terms. And I'm like, nope, wrong, <laughs> wrong incorrect. I love it. It's so mean. Uh, I love that for you. (laughs) Oh, okay. What else is on our list? Mm -mm -mm. Antisocial. Antisocial is a tricky one uh, because it it sounds (laughs) like if you just try to understand it based on the words in the word. (laughs) Right. The English makes no no sense. No. Yeah. Um, Antisocial, not social. Yep. No, that's not what that is. It's not what it, and there's actually a personality disorder called antisocial personality disorder, which is very to me is like there's a lot of overlap between an antisocial personality disorder and a narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. You might think that if you have an antisocial personality disorder, then you just don't like to hang out with people and you're real awkward. And that's not that's not what it is. It's actually no. like you don't see people as people. You're just like using them to get where you need. It's almost impossible or actually impossible to form real relationships. You're, you're, you, you, it's antisocial in that like you don't even like, you, it, yeah. you're not, you, like you don't believe in pleasure society. From like mixing, like making other people miserable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a very severe and yes. and it's very confusing because we have all used the word antisocial to be like I don't want to go to the party I'm feeling antisocial. Right. Yeah. I w- I was talking about with Jeff before we got on the air and I was like this is one that I myself misuse. Mm-hmm. Like I know what the definition of antisocial personality disorder is, but I still am like ugh I'm I'm feeling antisocial tonight. Yeah. No, we need to have another term for that. And introverted is not the right term either. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. People are often confused by that one as well. What would you call it if you just don't want to hang out? <laughs> I, I, I'm not down. Yeah, it's just like, oh, whatever. I'm just I'm feeling like I just want to be a homebody or something. We That's need like- to come up with a term for not wanting to go out and hang out. What if we coined a new therapy term? Happy anniversary. <laughs> Here's a new term. We need a term. Maybe we'll crowdsource this to you guys. That is not, that says, I don't want to be around other humans or put any energy into, into like small talk and all that. But it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I don't like people and don't like company. And maybe it'd be fine if like one person hung out next to me, but don't talk and we could just watch Netflix. (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah there's got to be a term out there if you know please yeah. leave it in our reviews or yeah. in a comment yeah, section good idea. yeah with a five-star review of, of course. course five stars yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know who it oh, I, I shouldn't go saying people are but i'll say this there was a movie called uh uh it was about the kid with ezra 
Miller, is that his name in it? What's the matter with? Oh, yeah. What's the matter uh-huh. with Danny or? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Guys, guys. Yes. We need to talk about Kevin. Thank we you. Need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> Andrea, our producer for the win. We need to talk about Kevin. What's oh. wrong with Danny was pretty close. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's we like if you ordered that movie from Wish. <laughs> That's it. Yes. We need to talk about Kevin. That is such a good example of antisocial personality disorder. Ew, that is a disturbing movie. Disturbing. Yeah. He was too good in that movie. That is mm-hmm. all I will say. Huh. And I'm hearing that it's uh, our producer Andrea's favorite movie. She's telling us that in my ear right now. It's interesting. I feel like that says a lot about you, Andrea. Um, we're going to let that be. What else do we have to... So let's talk about... Let's get off of this subject for a little bit because we have maybe like 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. left. Uh, there was some questions, some little polls that I was putting up in my yes. Therapy Jeff Instagram that you really enjoyed. I loved. I uh-huh. I meant to bring this up in the beginning, but I got so excited about whatever the heck else I was talking about as per mm-hmm. usual that I didn't. I But I saw this. This was on your uh, Instagram. You were like doing a little poll a lot of like, would you rather have a partner who, and then give a few different examples. Wow. Was this informative? Were you surprised by the results? I was surprised by a few of them. I, so some of the questions that, uh, uh, he asked, uh, would you rather have a partner who never compliments you, but is always loyal or constantly praises you, but, uh, sometimes you doubt their loyalty. Mm-hmm. There is so so many times where I'm like, you don't tell me how pretty I am. You didn't tell me I have been wearing this outfit for a whole two hours and you did not tell me how good it looks. Meanwhile, I never questioned my partner's loyalty ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I probably can chill on that. And if I want a compliment, <laughs> I could probably ask for it. Right. Right. There's yeah. something about, there's something that sounds really appealing and can be, can feel appealing about getting tons of compliments. But when it comes down to it, you probably, if you had to choose, I mean, some of these are very, unf- I'm making people choose when that's not really a thing that we have to choose. You can have it Correct. all, I guess. Yeah. Yes. But loyalty is, you kind of, you want that as a base, right? Yes. Yes. What other questions were there? Um, I want to look at some of that were a little more split. This one, would you rather be in a relationship with A, someone who has the exact same interests as you or someone who has completely different ones? Yeah. What's your answer to that? Exact same. Mine too. Yeah. And uh, I feel bad about that for some reason. (laughs) I I feel like like, who are these crazy people who want completely different ones? Well, I imagine like maybe you want someone who has really different uh, interests because then you grow and you learn and expand. You're exposed to different stuff and you expand your comfort zone. And I think it depends what you're interested in. My, what, what, what you are interested in, uh, my interests involve usually travel slash vacation. Like we got to go skiing. We got to go snowboarding. Like Mm -hmm. if they Mm -hmm. don't share that interest, bye. Like (laughs) you better be on the same pass as me too. Like we have like passes at different mountains. And like, I need somebody who like, I wouldn't have gone out with somebody who was on an icon pass. If I'm on Epic, come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> sure. No, I get it. And I think, you know, I'm more of a birds that fly together, flock together, whatever. Yeah. I'm yeah. ruining that phrase, but you yeah. get what I mean. But there's some people out there that are like thrive on opposites attract and want to be exposed to all the different stuff. So what was the breakdown percentage for that one? Yeah, you, I would be also interested to see how this one was gendered. I did like that you included in there the percentage the of end, your yeah. followers that are males and females. Mm-hmm. And it's like 85, 80, 85% 20, women. Yeah, 85% women. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested to see what the what the breakdown was for this for male and female. Yeah. I wish I had that information. I, 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 I included the, Hey, just so you all know, 85% of the people who follow me are women. Because the question before that was, would you rather be with a partner who always wants to be the dom or like top you, or would you rather be with somebody who always wants to be a sub or who's the bottom? And 85% of the respondents said that they would rather be with someone who's a dom, who's doming them. And I was like, this is the exact percentage of women. (laughs) Wow. So I thought that was interesting. That's very interesting. Just, uh, you know, Uh just some info for everybody. Another Um, one, Sarah, uh, I don't know if you caught this one, but there was... I asked, okay, let's say you're having sex with your partner. Would you rather your partner accidentally call out their ex's name or would you rather them accidentally call out your parents' name? I, I mean, it would be cuckoo crazy for them to call out the parents' name. Right? Yeah. That would be nuts. But 33% I feel like an wanted ex- that. Who are these people? Like, okay. <laughs> That those are the same people who are who think that it's good to be like super jealous. No, they're like I can see that as I really don't want them to. I'm really jealous of their ex, or I don't want them to think about their ex, or something like that. Sure, sure. You can't help like if you're with somebody for a long time. maybe you say the wrong name the amount of times I've come so close to saying my ex's name. Oh my god. It's just mind-boggling. What does it mean how when it's I only haven't... when he's really annoying me? <laughs> that means you used to get really annoyed with your ex. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I almost said that. Yeah. It's definitely something I would have said to not you, but somebody else. Yeah. Uh, it takes me, I don't know if this is just me or if other people struggle with this, but especially when I'm being sexy or intimate with somebody, it takes me so long, the transition from doing it with one person for two years or something and then doing it with another person, my hands are still like looking for my ex's body when I'm yes. like touching your new, it's, I Absolutely. hate it. I can't stand it. Um, but it takes a long time for me to, tr- tr- to transition. So if I'm going to say my ex's name accidentally, it's not because of you. It's just, it's programmed into me. But if I say your parents' name, that means I'm thinking of fucking your parents. Like That, that means, is like, not good. <laughs> no, that is not good. There was, I had an ex-boyfriend who had a sister who had the same name as me. And mm. I was like, I don't know how you could do this. I, 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 I don't even know how you can say my name in a cute, lovey way. I got actually got a lot of people sending me messages being like, it is a rule that I will never date anyone that has the same name as my parents or siblings. Yeah, I can't either. Ew. And I would I never. Do yeah, it. it's disgusting. I can't even date a blonde. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I just. I yeah. I hope that the love of my life is does not have the same name as my sister. I would just barf all over them. 
There's a, a a new Netflix stand-up special by this guy named Jared Fr- Freed, and it's very funny. And he does a whole bit about like a woman with a name like Dolores. He's like, I can't date her. What am I supposed to be like? Oh, he and Dolores coming to the party. Like, it's like no way. And that we're, but he's like, what if you know we met in real life and I just loved her and then she hands me her number and on the card it says, yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Then maybe nightmare. Could you? <laughs> can't be. Can't be a relative name. Yeah. No. Okay. Let me see what other questions were on here that. I want to, we have a little bit of time left. Um, Okay. This one, would you rather be in a, a passionate relationship that's short lived or a comfortable relationship that lasts a lifetime? Mm -hmm. What about you? I hate this choice because I'm, I'm magnetized and love passionate relationships. And, you know, like everyone else, probably I'm scared that I might be in a relationship that is lacking in passion long-term, but it's probably, this one is tough. So it's, it might be, you know, like 60% of me would rather be in a relationship that's Mm long-term and comfy. Um, Instead, like I've had enough of those short-lived, passionate relationships, you know, and uh, the the allure is still there. But when you have them over and over again for too long, you're just like, okay, I'm ready to not have that anymore. What do you think? Yeah, to me, as you said, it feels almost like Halloween, like where it's really (laughs) exciting to like put on a mask and get dressed up and like you know some black Mm -hmm. lipstick and woo, Mm -hmm. and you like are a different personality or a more I don't know, whatever, like brings out a different side of you, but it feels almost like an act or like inauthentic. And Mm -hmm. so there's an inauthenticity Mm -hmm. that comes with those short term passionate ones where I would love a relationship that feels like I can really be myself. And I think that only comes with time. Especially mm-hmm. when you get old, be older because bodies start doing weird things. And like, I want to be with a partner where I'm like, what's this weird bump? I need you to look at it. <laughs> and you can't do that with short term, passionate people. No, you can't and really. At least not way. if you want another night. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the breakdown on that one? Oh, yeah. I have it. Uh, it was at least when I clicked the, yeah. the little, there was still like 12 hours left in it. But, uh, 11% said they wanted the passionate relationship that short lived and 89% said yeah. comfortable relationship that lasts a lifetime. Exactly. that's what I remember yeah. too. The, it's funny whenever I put those polls up, usually if maybe just a hundred people answer the poll after a hundred people, it barely ever changes. Yeah. The first hundred people make it what it is and that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. This so, one, I, I do, I'll, I'll end on this one cause I, I just, loved this one and I had to argue it. I was like, who are these fools? Uh, (laughs) Would you rather date someone who believes they were abducted by aliens and shares the story every time you go out with friends or collects dolls and insists they join you all at dinner? (laughs) So Who is bringing their dolls to dinner? At least the alien one we now know is rooted in some sort of like, you could like argue that. No, I disagree with you. You're wrong. You're wrong. This might be the last podcast we have together because if somebody I'm were like, totally "Here are all my dolls," <laughs> get out of here. The, here's the reason why, Sarah, and I don't think 
I think you need to think about it the way I'm thinking about it. I think everyone needs to think the way I think, first of all. And the way I'm thinking about this is that if somebody wants to bring all of their creepy dolls to dinner and set them up at the table, truly horrifying, I, I understand. But we can just have a fucking dinner. But if you're going to have to tell the same goddamn story oh. every single time, and how long is this? Okay. It's probably a very long alien abduction story oh, that yeah. I now have heard for the millionth time. And all my friends, no one's hanging out with us. No one's coming to dinner parties. But if you're setting up some creepy dolls, everyone wants to see those fucking creepy you dolls. You may be right. And as somebody who was with a partner who t- had like the same recycled stories, Ugh. fuck, that gets annoying. I can't stand that shit. If oh I hear it more than God. two times, I'm out. You're done. Out. Out. Yeah. If I can finish the punchline, oh my yeah, God. There oh are no. so many people on on uh the challenge who are like this too. Oh God, I bet. Yeah. No, oh my no God. Thing. So did I successfully change your mind? Yeah, that I would do it just for the story, th- just because I would hate that story. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. I would just like that would be when I got up and poured a glass of wine. <laughs> I mean, it's a very compelling story that I want to hear once, maybe twice, yeah. but for the rest of my life. I Here's so. the danger, though. Of mm. those two people, the one I'm more likely to get into a relationship with right, right. is alien abduction story person. Because that one, like, that's going to be a great story. First time I hear that, I'm going to be like, what? He probably sure. did just, like, elaborate that or, like, you know, add some yeah. fancy details for comedy's sake or whatever. For Right. Took some creative liberties. But – Creepy doll person ain't getting a second date. That feels very unsafe, and maybe you're going to be turned into a doll. Oh like there's some God. murder vibes going on, but still, De- I'm like, taking wear the my skin kind yeah. of thing. Like definitely <laughs> that. I'm going to be a lampshade. I know it. I, I will take that risk because I cannot stand hearing a story more than once. God, so that's so funny. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll agree to disagree okay, on this one. Fine. fine. And uh, that concludes our, like, 50-second episode. Happy one-year anniversary. Thank you guys all for tuning in. If you have been listening and have not left us a five-star review, what the heck are you waiting for? Give us an anniversary present. Say happy anniversary, Sarah and Jeff, and leave us that five-star review, yo. We deserve it. Yes. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.